0: I'm coming too. What a fun song. A song that talks about uh, death being arrested. As death uh, was conquered by Jesus one day, uh, we will conquer death itself as well. A song that, with a mask... It caught me out of breath a bit. Uh, Man, I guess I need to get in a better shape there or something. Um, But I'm not much of a morning person uh, typically. I'm definitely more of a night owl. Any other night owls out there? Yeah, a handful of you guys, more than I was anticipating actually, Um, but sometimes just in late at night, I'll I'll have the motivation to go work on church stuff, go clean the house, whatever it may be. I just have more energy at night, but I don't know, this morning uh, I had a lot of energy on my way here to the church. Um, Normally, I have the radio very quiet or silent on my 20-minute drive here to the church just Relax, get myself composed before I get here, but this morning I was jamming on my uh, way uh, to church uh, as it's, it's been a good day thus far as Easter Sunday is always um, a wonderful day of the year in which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus as he is risen. He is risen hey, there you go. Some of us aren't quite asleep yet. Very good. So uh, it's been a glorious day. It's been a crazy week. I mean, when I just think about my week here, this past week, it feels like, forever ago that we had the Easter egg hunt. It feels like forever ago that we uh, celebrated Palm Sunday. Is that just me or anybody else out there? It's just been a long week full of a lot of different events. And when I think about my busy week and all that has taken place in the past seven days, that makes me think about uh, the life of Jesus and uh, the week that he had leading up to his death. And let me tell you, it was crammed pack with a ton uh, of different events. It all started with Palm Sunday, what we celebrated last week. So the week before, the Sunday before Jesus uh, died on the cross, Jesus triumphantly entered the city of Jerusalem, which was like the capital city for the Jews. And Jesus knew that he was going to die He knew that he was going to die in the city of Jerusalem, but yet he triumphantly and boldly entered the city, claiming to the people by riding on that donkey, fulfilling the prophecies that, hey, I am your king. And they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the crowds were so happy to see Jesus. And that's where we left off uh, last Sunday. You know, we we were all feeling good about uh, Jesus triumphantly entering the capital city of the Jews, Jerusalem. And uh, the crowds were just so excited to see him. They were singing praise. To him. They thought Jesus was bringing victory, that Jesus, Jesus was going to save them from the Roman government of that time. And that's where we started off, or that's where we left off on Sunday. But a lot, and let me tell you, a lot took place between that Sunday and the events in which we celebrate today. So on Sunday, Jesus triumphantly entered the city. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Jesus taught his disciples. He uh, cleared out the temple, flipped the table. Some of you guys might remember uh, that story. But then on Thursday is where the events really start to pick up, at least the events recorded um, in uh, the four different gospels. And on Thursday, Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples, uh, the most important celebration for the Jews. And uh, around the table, uh, Jesus, that's where we come with the communion. As Jesus took the bread and he said, this bread represents my body, the cup represents my blood. And uh, as they were celebrating this emotional supper as it was Jesus' last supper, you might have heard it being uh, termed as the Lord's Supper or Last Supper. That took place Thursday night. And and in the middle of that, Jesus revealed that one of his uh, 12 closest followers was going to betray him. And uh, hand him in over to the bad guys. Uh, He revealed that Peter, his closest disciple, was going to deny him three times before the morning. And so all of a sudden, this already emotional dinner got even all the more emotional. We talked a good bit about that on our Good Friday service. And that leads us into Friday, where Jesus was put on trial really throughout Thursday night and Friday morning Jesus was put on trial, and ultimately, um, they crucified Jesus, um, as I'm sure most of us are aware of that. And that's what we remembered on Good Friday here at the church. And that's where we left off on Friday. And so now we pick up here on Easter Sunday. So already in this story, in this week leading up to the death of Jesus, we saw a dramatic turn of events. We talked about that dramatic turn on Friday as, a, as on Sunday, they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna. But then Friday comes just five days later, and they were, they were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, a, a dramatic, a dramatic turn of events that took place. But let me tell you, we are, we are not done with the dramatic turn of events here in the story of the week in which Jesus died and, spoiler alert, uh, was resurrected. So let's pick up, uh, pick up right where we left off on Friday evening. So Jesus, he, was, he died on the cross, and that's where we left Friday. So we're going to pick up uh, this morning. Um, we'll be reading from the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. If you don't, uh, the verses will be displayed uh, behind me as well. So we're going to be reading uh, in Matthew, chapter 27, starting um, in verse 57. And the uh, sunrise service, we uh, read through the different events of the resurrections from the books of Luke and John, and uh, for the worship service, for the main service this morning, we're going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, kind of giving us a little consistency as we've been reading from the book of Matthew a good bit here recently. So Matthew chapter 27, starting with verse 57, reads, When it was evening, so the evening, Friday evening, the evening in which Jesus died, So Jesus, he hung on the cross for about from about 9 a.m. in the morning to about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And so when evening came, they were getting ready to take uh, his body off of the cross, and there was a man named Joseph who was a follower of Jesus, and he offered uh, to have Jesus uh, buried in his own tomb. And this was quite unusual because usually uh, criminals were only uh, crucified on the cross. The Jews thought Jesus was the biggest criminal by claiming to be the son of God. And they just thought that was the, the, the biggest form of blasphemy ever that, they, that he would have had the audacity to claim to be the son of God. And so all these other criminals, when they got crucified, often it'd be customary for either one, for their bodies to just rot, on the cross and, and, and the scavengers come and, and pick from their dead bodies, really a, a, a gross image there. Or number two, these bodies w- would often be thrown into a pit with all of the other um, crucified bodies. And, and so it, it was not a glorious burial that these uh, victims of the crucifixion would experience. However, Jesus was different. Jesus was different because this man named Joseph, a follower of Jesus, he offered to have Jesus be uh, buried in his tomb. And this was, we, 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 we read here that this is a new tomb, a fresh tomb that nobody had been buried in. And they set a big stone in front of it. This was customary for the expensive tombs, the, the well-off families, to ensure that nobody would go and uh, disturb the remains uh, of these bodies. And so Jesus, he was buried there in the tomb. So that's the rest of Friday evening there. And we also see here in verse 61, Mary Magdalene and whom Mark talked about this morning and the other Mary uh, were there. Um, We're not exactly sure who the other Mary are or who the other Mary is. Um, Scholars have different ideas. Some think it might be the aunt of um, Jesus, but uh, that's besides the point. We don't really know. But there's these uh, ladies that, that come into the story in a bit. And so if we continue in verse uh, 62 of Matthew 27 reads, the next day, so now we're on to Saturday. Friday, Jesus died. He was buried in in the tomb Friday evening. And then on Saturday, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, sir, we remember that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. So here's this man, uh, Pilate, who I failed to describe earlier. Pilate uh, was the Roman governor of the time. He's the one who who ultimately had the say in Jesus being crucified. He tried to give Jesus kind of a way out by offering up a vile criminal Barabbas instead, but the crowds shouted, crucify Jesus, crucify him. So Pilate here, he's approached by these chief priests. The chief priests, they were uh, a part of this Jewish sect who were the, the main people responsible for his death. These are the people who wanted Jesus dead in the first place because Jesus was claiming to be the son of God. And so on Saturday, the day after Jesus died, the chief priests come and and they come before Pilate and they say, sir, we remember how that imposter said. So first off, they recognize Pilate with the respect that he is due as he is the king of that local area. Now it's very ironic because just the day before, these same chief priests had their ultimate king crucified. They disrespected the the king of the earth, Jesus, but they they were willing uh, to respect Pilate. And so they said, sir, we remember how that imposter said. So now, not only were they respecting Pilate and disrespecting Jesus, but now they're calling Jesus an imposter, or some of your translations may read deceiver. And so these chief priests, they were aware that Jesus said that after he was going to die on the third day, He was going to be raised from the grave. And again, it's ironic because these chief priests, the enemies of Jesus, took more attention to what Jesus said than the followers of Jesus themselves, as it came to a surprise for some of the disciples that Jesus was alive and had been resurrected, and some of them had a lack of faith in their resurrected Savior, Cough, Cough, Thomas. Um, And so these chief priests, they were aware of the words of Jesus, and as they continue, uh, they, they uh, talk about, sir. We remember how that imposter said while well, he was still alive. So the enemies of Jesus of that day and age, they recognized that Jesus, he was no longer alive. I mean, you know, the enemies, they they would have maybe made the claim that, hey, maybe Jesus was still alive. As some people today, they make the outrageous claim that that Jesus never really was dead on the cross. But here, Jesus' own enemies acknowledged that he was dead, as uh, they said, while he was still alive. Was, past tense. So no longer is Jesus still alive as i dug into this a little more uh, the enduring word bible commentary uh, had a comic called dialogue uh, between two people the first said our preacher said on easter that jesus just swooned that's another uh, fancy word uh, for basically fainted or basically saying that jesus wasn't fully dead on the cross and that the disciples nursed him back to health what do you think And so the second uh, person replied, "'Beat your preacher with the cat of nine tails "'with 39 heavy strokes, nail him to a cross, "'hang him in the sun for six hours, "'run a spear through his heart, embalm him, "'put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours, "'and see what happens.'" Uh, yeah, uh, we, we know if anybody were to go through that, uh, they they would not make it. Uh, they, they would not be able to survive uh, through all the beatings that Jesus experienced before his crucifixion. Jesus being nailed to the cross through his hands or wrists and his feet hanging in the sun for six hours. Then they pierced him in the side with a spear. They embalmed him. They put him in an airless tomb for 36 hours. And some people still think Today, make the point that, hey, Jesus was never really fully dead. And so I would say, go try all that uh, on, on these people and see what happens. Uh, I'm guessing, okay, I'm kidding. Don't really do that. That's a bad idea. Um, uh, you, you can't hold me accountable for that. Um, you're on your own if you do that. Um, but I'm telling you, uh, they're, they're not going to live through it. As Jesus, he was dead, He was dead, and and when we deal with this uh, swoon theory, this idea that Jesus wasn't ever really fully dead, they still can't explain what happened to the body of Jesus, as we'll find out here in a bit, spoiler alert, that Jesus' body went missing. And so there's this deal that the chief priests, that I went longer there than I was anticipating, but the chief priests, they, knew, they recognized that Jesus was dead. They're coming to Pilate, and they wanted to ensure that nobody was going to come and steal the dead body of Jesus. Because they, they, they recognized if, some, if someone did this, that would be a huge issue for us, a huge issue. They, they said that the last fraud will be worse than the first. In other words, that it would be a worse deal if Jesus' body went missing than when Jesus claimed to be the son of God himself. Because that's what Jesus claimed he was going to do. Before he died and suffered on the cross, he informed them that, hey, on the third day, I am going to be raised from the grave. And so the enemies of Jesus, they wanted to make sure that Jesus' body would not go missing. And so they brought this before Pilate, the man in charge, and Pilate sent a guard of soldiers to go make the tomb as secure as possible. Typically, a guard had four soldiers. Two of them would keep watch while the other two um, got some rest so that they would uh, cycle the the shifts there. So they had a guard of soldiers. I wouldn't be surprised if Pilate sent more than just a typical guard, four soldiers back in that day to appease the chief priest, because i got to imagine he's got to be a pretty tired of these chief priests um, by now as they are relentless uh, about this man, Jesus, who Pilate didn't really think he did anything wrong. So they made this tomb as secure as possible with the soldiers, and again, they rolled a, a big stone in front of it, which was customary for the uh, well-off families uh, that were able to secure their family remains. And so that took place on Saturday. And so now we continue into chapter 28 of Matthew. And chapter 28 reads, Now after the Sabbath, and the Sabbath falls on Saturday, so now we're talking about Sunday. So on Sunday, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. So here we see Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, come uh, upon the story again. Again, Mark uh, did a wonderful job this morning talking about giving us perspective of Mary Magdalene. So these two ladies, they went uh, to the tomb of Jesus as the gospel of Luke mentions that they were coming back to finish preparing the body. As in Friday evening, uh, they, they had to leave and respect the Sabbath as the Jews did in that day and age. So they weren't finished preparing the body of Jesus. So they were coming back Sunday morning, fully expecting to see the dead body of Jesus within the tomb. And as they come uh, across this tomb, all of a sudden there is a great Earthquake And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. So this angel descended, there was an earthquake, possibly the big stone being rolled away by the angel. And if we continue in verse 4 of chapter 28, it reads, And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who is crucified. He is not So these two ladies, as they go and approach uh, this tomb, an angel comes and an angel tells them that, hey, you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for the crucified Jesus who was dead, like dead, dead Friday. And the angel told Mary that he is no longer here. The body of Jesus is not here. Why? Because he has risen. Hey, yeah, there we go. I like it. Someone's not sleeping back there, Stan. Thank you. So he is risen. Yes, there, there we go. And, and and so this is exactly what Jesus said was going to take place. He told his disciples, we talked about this uh, last Sunday, he told his disciples privately that, hey, I'm going to die, but don't worry. On the third day, I'm going to be raised as God raised Jesus from the dead, and and the two ladies, Mary and the other Mary, whoever uh, that other Mary uh, was, they they were excited, I imagine they had a loss of words, and the angel uh, instructed them to go tell Jesus' disciples that, hey, he really is alive, he did exactly what he said was going to happen, Well, well, Jesus didn't make it happen, God made it happen by raising his son to life. And so these ladies, these two Marys, they ran. They ran to go tell the disciples. It didn't say they moseyed around to go tell the disciples. It didn't say they walked or strolled or walked fastly. But they ran. They they had an excitement to go tell the people that hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive as they had this good news. And let me tell you, today it takes a lot for me to run. Uh, I've gotten uh, lazy uh, in in my days here recently, and it takes a lot for me uh, to run. Uh, But these ladies, they had such a deep desire, their excitement, their passion to tell the world, to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive, that they couldn't walk. They couldn't bear to walk or stroll. They had to run to go tell the people that Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, our Lord and Savior, he is alive today as he has risen from the grave. And so we finish uh, the the text for this morning in verse 9, and it says, And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So as these these ladies were obedient to uh, the messenger of God, the angel, they they went and ran. And as they were being obedient to the call of God, Jesus himself appeared to these two ladies as they were going to tell the disciples. And I, I can just imagine the expressions on the faces of these ladies to see the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what a glorious story that we come here this morning to celebrate. That on Sunday, the previous Sunday, on Palm Sunday, Jesus triumphantly entered the city and everything was going well. And then Thursday and Friday came around a huge turn of events and the same man whom they were singing Hosanna, Hosanna to, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And that's exactly what they did. But fortunately, the story didn't end there. And today, on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we remember the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. Another huge, dramatic turn of events. And that's exactly we come to celebrate here this morning with Easter Sunday, or some refer to it as Resurrection Sunday. So my question for us this morning is, why is this story so important for us? Why, why put so much focus on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday? What is the big deal as to why Jesus rose from the grave As I believe I've told you before, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. But when I was younger, I didn't really understand why the resurrection was so important. I had an understanding that Jesus died for me and my sins, and I've been forgiven. So selfishly, I kind of wondered, what's the big deal? Why does it matter so much? Why is Easter such a big celebration that the man Jesus rose from the grave? Some of you guys may be uh, having the same questions rolling through your minds, and that's all right. It's good to think about things. It's good to question uh, the information that we have. So this morning, I'm going to give you guys two very basic, two very important reasons, really among many, as to why we celebrate the resurrection today, the resurrection of one man that took place about 2,000 years ago. So number one, reason number one as to why today is so important is that the resurrection proved that Jesus was the son of God. That is all the verification in the world that we need. Some of you guys may have uh, watched the movie or read uh, the book, The Case for Christ. Has anybody watched the movie or read the book? I've not seen the movie, but I've read the book. I imagine it's somewhat uh, similar. Um, But there is an atheist, Lee Strobel. His wife, uh, he talks about, has kind of... Gone off the chains in this whole Christianity thing. And he went on a quest to go and try and disprove Christianity because he was an atheist. And um, so he continues in this journey. And he had a coworker. And this coworker said, if you want to disprove Christianity, all you have to do is disprove the resurrection. That is the only thing that anybody has to do. If they want to disprove Christianity, all you got to do. It's proof that one event did not take place, and that's the resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus claimed before he, w- before he died that he was the son of God and that he was going to be raised on the third day. There are a handful of scriptures throughout uh, our Bible that that depicts the Messiah or the Son of God as reigning, as the King forever, as establishing God's kingdom forever, establishing God's throne forever. All these different passages depicting the Son of God living forever. The issue is that on Friday, Jesus died. But the good news that we have is that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. And right now, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God. He's been raised in an imperishable seed. He will no longer taste death. As Jesus, he is going to establish God's kingdom forever. Forever. And so this resurrection, it proved that Jesus really was the man in whom he said he was as Jesus really is the Son of God, because everything else that he said that associated with this idea of being the Son of God came to fruition, including being raised from the grave. It's the reason number one why it is so important as to why we celebrate today is because it proves that Jesus really is the Son of God. There is no other answer as to how Jesus could have been resurrected from the grave. Other than that, he truly is the son of God. And if you have questions about this, you have questions about the resurrection, maybe some of your families or, or members or friends have questions about the resurrection and how we can prove it, I would love to talk about you because there is very, very, very strong evidence That suggests that Jesus truly was raised from the grave. And not just evidence from our Bibles, but historical evidence as well, which is awesome for you history buffs out there. Mark mentioned that earlier this morning. John, there are history buffs out there. There's historical evidence that Jesus really was resurrected from the grave. And it proved that he was the Son of God. It's important that he was the Son of God because only the Son of God to pay the wages of our sin. If I went and died on the cross, attempted to die for your sins, it would be meaningless. Why? Because I'm a man of sin. But Jesus was sinless, He was the Son of God, and the resurrection proves that fact. Reason number two, as to why today is so important for us, is it assures us of our hope in the resurrection. It assures us in the hope of the resurrection. So just like Jesus was made aware that he was going to be raised from the grave on the third day, let me tell you, we've been told throughout God's word that we too, if we have a living and active faith in God and his son Jesus, then we will be raised to eternal life as well. What a glorious, glorious hope and promise that we have. And so if we see, if we can know for certain that God raised Jesus from the grave, well, then let me tell you, we know that God then is capable to raise us from the grave as well. As he already did it, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, that same spirit is going to raise us from the grave if we are in the graves when Jesus comes back to this earth to establish God's kingdom. And so for me, when I think about Easter Sunday, And I think about the resurrection of Jesus and why it's so important for me. That's reason number two. Because it assures me that when Jesus comes back, myself and my other loved ones who devoted their life to, to Jesus will be raised from the grave if we are in the grave at that time. If not, Paul talks about how we'll meet them in the air and so forth. But it assures us of the resurrection to know that Jesus himself was raised from the grave. Paul talks about this a lot. The Apostle Paul, the man who wrote about half of the books of the New Testament, talked about this, and we can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last passage that uh, we'll read from uh, this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 26. 1 Corinthians 15 is known as the resurrection chapter, as it's all about the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of us as well. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Again, it is a fact that Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive So here in uh, this really dense uh, piece uh, of scripture here, Paul says that, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead as he was asleep. We, As we read through the scriptures, uh, when we read a people being asleep or fallen asleep, that's often a euphemism for death, as that's exactly what we are doing when uh, we um, Are no longer living. We are sleeping, basically. That's a great way to put it. And so Paul continues and he says that Adam, Adam, the first man, he brought death to everybody. As when Adam and Eve they lived in the garden, they they had a perfect life. Everything was great. They had no death until they sinned. They ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, a story that some of us may be familiar with. And with that sin, came a curse of sin, and with that curse of sin came the curse of death as well. So just through Adam, everybody experiences death, but also in one man as well, through Christ, all shall be made alive. But Paul says everyone in their own order. First, Christ is a firstfruits. That means that first, Jesus was raised from the was raised from the grave. That's what we celebrate today. We can know that with a fact, with certainty, that Jesus was the first one to be raised from the grave. And then verse 23 says, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So right now, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, but one day, Jesus is going to descend from heaven to earth. And when he does that, everybody who has a faith in God In Jesus, they will be raised to life. They will be resurrected, raised to imperishable seed. We're not gonna, this is the only passage we're gonna read in this chapter, but this chapter is full of good information about the resurrection, how we will be raised from a perishable body, a body that can get cuts and and broken bones and bruises and, and can experience death. We'll be raised from that perishable seed to an imperishable seed. What a glorious, glorious promise. And then after we are resurrected from the grave, verse 24 reads, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. And the last enemy to be defeated is death itself. My friends, brothers, and sisters, this is the good news. This is the gospel message that jesus died on the cross on friday on sunday jesus was resurrected from the grave and with that resurrection we can know that we too are going to be resurrected and partake in god's coming kingdom this is the good news and it all hinges on the fact that jesus was resurrected from the dead if Jesus was not, had not been resurrected from the grave, that means that he wasn't the son of God. That means that our, our, the wages of our sin had not been paid for. It all hinges on the resurrection. And that, my friends, brothers and sisters, is why today is so, so important to us today in the 21st century. And so we today need to focus on the resurrection focus on our hope of our coming resurrection. And so whenever we celebrate Easter, whenever we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we can, it can serve as a reminder to us that, hey, one day we too are gonna be raised from the grave just like Jesus did about 2,000 years ago. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not about the 10 or 20 or 50 or 80 or 100 years that we live in this life. Ultimately, it's about the infinite number of years that we'll partake with God in his coming kingdom, all made possible because Jesus rose from the grave. So let's celebrate the resurrection together as brothers and sisters in Christ, and let this hope of our future resurrection drive us day in and day out to continue to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this hope that we have. I thank you for Resurrection Sunday, the day in which we can celebrate, truly celebrate the resurrection of your son, the son of God. Father, I pray that all of our lives this morning are changed because of this fact that Jesus died for us and that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Jesus had victory over the grave. And Father, you are granting us victory over the grave as well when your son returns. And Father, I pray that everybody in this room makes that decision to follow you, to follow your son so that we can be raised and perishable just like your son. Father, we love you, and it's in your precious son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen.